Part One, Chapter Fourteen of Jezebel's Daughter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sandra Estenson. Jezebel's Daughter by Wilkie Collins. Part One, Chapter Fourteen. Thanks to the instructions confided to me, my errand presented no difficulties. There were certain persons to whom I was introduced, and certain information to be derived from them, which it was my duty to submit to Mr. Keller on my return. Fidelity was required of me, and discretion was required of me, and that was all. At the close of my day's work, the hospitable merchant, whose references I had been engaged in verifying, refused to permit me to return to the hotel. His dinner hour had been put off expressly to suit my convenience. You will only meet the members of my family, he said, and a cousin of my wife's who is there with her daughter, on a visit to us, Frau Meyer of Wurzburg. I accepted the invitation, feeling privately an Englishman's reluctance to confronting an assembly of strangers, and anticipating nothing remarkable, in reference to Frau Meyer, although she did come from Wurzburg. Even when I was presented to the ladies in due form as the honored representative of Mr. Keller of Frankfurt, I was too stupid, or too much absorbed in the business on which I had been engaged, to be much struck by the sudden interest with which Frau Meyer regarded me. She was a fat, florid old lady, who looked coarsely clever and resolute. She had a daughter who promised to resemble her but too faithfully in due course time. It was a relief to me at dinner to find myself placed between the merchant's wife and her eldest son. They were far more attractive neighbors at table, to my thinking, than Frau Meyer. Dinner being over, we withdrew to another room to take our coffee. The merchant and his son, both ardent musicians in their leisure hours, played a sonata for pinafore and violin. I was at the opposite extremity of the room, looking at some fine proof impressions of prints from the old masters, when a voice at my side startled me by an unexpected question. May I ask, sir, if you are acquainted with Mr. Keller's son? I looked round and discovered Frau Meyer. "'Have you seen him lately?' she proceeded, when I had acknowledged that I was acquainted with Fritz. "'And can you tell me where he is now?' I answered both these questions. Frau Meyer looked thoroughly well satisfied with me. "'Let us have a little talk,' she said, and seated herself, and signed to me to take a chair near her. "'I felt a true interest in Fritz,' she resumed lowering her voice so as not to be heard by the musicians at the other end of the room. Until today, I have heard nothing of him since he left Wurzburg. I like to talk about him. He once did me a kindness a long time since. I suppose you are in his confidence? He has told you why his father sent him away from the university? My reply to this was, I am afraid, rather absently given, the truth is, my mind was running on some earlier words which had dropped from the old lady's lips. 
he once did me a kindness a long time since when had i last heard that commonplace phrase and why did i remember it so readily when i now heard it again ah his father did a wise thing in separating him from that woman and her daughter frau meyer went on madame fontaine deliberately entrapped the poor boy into the engagement but perhaps you are a friend of hers in that case i retract and apologize quite needless i said you are not a friend of madame fontaine she persisted this cool attempt to force an answer from me failed in its object it was like being cross-examined in a court of law and in our common english phrase it set my back up in the strict sense of the word madame fontaine might be termed an acquaintance but certainly not a friend of mine for once i took the prudent course and said no frau meyer's expansive bosom emitted a hearty sigh of relief ah she said now i can talk freely in fritz's interest mind you're a young man like himself he will be disposed to listen to you do all you can to back his father's influence and cure him of his infatuation i tell you plainly his marriage would be his ruin you speak very strongly madam do you object to the young lady not i a harmless insignificant creature nothing more and nothing less it's her vile mother that i object to as i have heard frau meyer there are two sides to that question fritz is persuaded that madame fontaine is an injured woman he assures me for instance that she is the fondest of mothers bah what does that amount to it's as much a part of a woman's nature to take her child when she has got one as it is to take to her dinner when she is hungry a fond mother what stuff why a cat is a fond mother what's the matter a cat is a fond mother another familiar phrase and this time a phrase remarkable enough to lead my memory back in the right direction in an instant i recollected the anonymous letter to fritz in an instant i felt the conviction that frau meyer in her eagerness to persuade me had unconsciously repeated two of the phrases which she had already used in her eagerness to persuade fritz no wonder i started in my chair when i felt that i was face to face with the writer of the anonymous letter i made some excuse i forget what and hastened to resume the conversation the opportunity of making discoveries which might be invaluable to fritz to say nothing of good mr engelman was not an opportunity to be neglected i persisted in quoting fritz's authority i repeated his assertion relative to the love of scandal at wurzburg and the envy of madame fontaine's superior attractions felt among the ladies frau meyer laughed disdainfully poor fritz she said an excellent disposition but so easily persuaded so much too amiable our being all envious of widow fontaine is too ridiculous it is a mere waste of time to notice such nonsense wait a little mr david and you will see 
if you and mr keller can only keep fritz out of the widow's way for a few months longer his eyes will be opened in spite of himself he may yet come back to us with a free heart and he may choose his future wife more wisely next time as she said this her eyes wandered away to her daughter at the other end of the room unless her face betrayed her she had evidently planned at some past time to possess herself of fritz as a son-in-law and she had not resigned the hope of securing him yet madame fontaine might be a deceitful and dangerous woman but what sort of witness against her was this abusive old lady the unscrupulous writer of an anonymous letter you prophesy very confidently about what is to come in the future i ventured to say frau meyer's red face turned a shade redder does that mean that you don't believe me she asked certainly not madam it only means that you speak severely of dr fontaine's widow without mentioning any facts that justify you oh you want facts do you i'll show you whether i know what i'm talking about or not has fritz mentioned that among madame fontaine's other virtues she has paid her debts i'll tell you how she's paid them as an example young gentleman that i am not talking at random your admirable widow sir is great at fascinating old men they're always falling in love with her the idiots a certain old man at wurzburg close on eighty mind was one of her victims i had a letter this morning which tells me that he was found dead in his bed two days since and that his nephew is the sole heir to all that he leaves behind him examination of his papers has shown that he paid the widow's creditors and that he took a promissory note from her ha 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 a promissory note from a woman without a farthing in payment of the sum that he had advanced the poor old man would no doubt have destroyed the note if he had known that his end was so near his sudden death has transferred it to the hands of his heir in money matters the nephew is reported to be one of the hardest men living when that note falls due he will present it for payment i don't know where madame fontaine is now no matter sooner or later she is sure to hear of what has happened and she must find the money or see the inside of a debtor's prison those are the facts that i had in mind mr david when i spoke of events opening fritz's eyes to the truth i submitted with all possible humility to the lady's triumph over me my thoughts were with minna what a prospect for the innocent affectionate girl assuming the statement that i had just heard to be true there was surely a chance that madame fontaine with time before her might find the money i put this view of the case to frau meyer if i didn't know mr keller to be a thoroughly resolute man she answered i should say that she might find the money too she has only to succeed in marrying her daughter to fritz and mr keller would be obliged to pay the money for the sake of the family credit 
but he is one of the few men whom she can't twist around her finger. If you ever fall in with her, take care of yourself. She may find your influence with Fritz an obstacle in her way, and she may give you reason to remember that the mystery of her husband's lost chest of poisons is not cleared up yet. It was all in the German newspapers. You know what I mean. This seemed to be passing all bounds of moderation. And you know, madam, I answered sharply, that there was no evidence against her, nothing whatever, to associate her with the robbery of the medicine chest. Not even suspicion, Mr. David? Not even suspicion. I rose from my chair as I spoke. Minna was still in my thoughts. I was not merely unwilling. I was almost afraid to hear more. One minute, said Frau Meyer. Which of the two hotels here are you staying at? I want to send you something to read tonight, after you have left us. I told her the name of the hotel, and we joined our friends at the other end of the room. Not long afterwards I took my leave. My spirits were depressed. A dark cloud of uncertainty seemed to hang over the future. Even the prospect of returning to Frankfurt the next day became repellent to me. I was almost inclined to hope that my aunt might, as Mr. Keller had predicted, recall me to London. End of chapter 14, part 1 Recording by Sandra Estenson